It's Reese Parkinson here and welcome to How I Got Here. I'm excited for this. It's Westfield's new podcast series, exploring unique and inspirational careers. Westfield has some of the largest shopping centers across the world and are key destinations in their local cities and communities. They're extraordinary places where visitors come together to shop, dine, be entertained and create lasting memories. Westfield and its partners are some of the biggest employers in the areas in which they operate, with thousands of jobs under one roof across a range of industries and sectors, from fashion to finance, customer service to construction. Over the course of eight episodes, I'll be speaking to some amazing entrepreneurs and business owners. From cool brands like Gymbox, Pan and Ice, and Bexfus, to not-for-profit organization Love Not Landfill. So join us as we hear from the people behind the brand. Henry Milroy, co-founder of Pan and Ice, the pioneers of ice cream rolls in the UK, with parlours in London and Manchester. And most recently, they released their own DIY kits you can use at home. The idea was born from a trip to Thailand, of all places, straight out of university. Today, we're going to hear how we transition the business from a concept to an ice cream sensation. It's the How I Got Here podcast. It's Rich Parkinson here. I'm joined by Henry Milroy, uh, co-founder of Powder Nice. How are we doing, bro? Yeah, not bad, mate. Thank you for having me. No worries. Thanks for coming on. Uh, let's go straight to it. Powder Nice, talk to me about what, what exactly is. Yeah, so um, I started Pan and Ice back in June 2015. Uh, I was traveling with a good friend of mine around uh, Southeast Asia, Thailand. And yeah, we were on a, we in, we're in Koh Phi, which is a really cool, like party island. Um, and it was one quite drunk night. Um, we were, we had a lot to drink and we were stumbling back to our little shack um where we slept (laughs) a little hut on the beach and anyway we saw like there was a street and there was this big crowd of people taking videos and pictures of the stand we went up to it first of all we thought it was like pancakes and then we realized you know you know they were like it's ice cream we were like wow like what is this like we found out it was like rolled up ice cream we were watching it for a bit and then we just looked at each other and goes why is this not in the uk and boom that was it really um from that moment on, we were like, we need to bring this back. You know, this is this is going to do so well. It's so experiential. Like, look at everyone filming it. Um, so yeah, that was it. The next day, I uh, funny story. I actually, I actually loved the idea so much. I dropped out of uni. Um, what? Yeah, I wasn't really into. I loved uni, the social side of it and the life experience side, but I wasn't enjoying it that much. What so uni was you going to? I was at University of Birmingham. Okay. Um, so I was doing I was doing engine mechanical engineering, which is obviously so different to ice cream. Um. And then I was, yeah, so this was like, I saw this idea and I was like, this gave me the courage to sort of drop out of uni because um, I knew instantly as I saw it, like we, this was this was the future. Um, this was my future. Like, I needed to pursue this. So the next day, it sounds really fake, but I was, we were literally lying on the beach and I sent an email to my tutor saying, I'm, I'm not coming back. Um, and yeah, that, that was it. Sort of from that from that moment on, we we started building pan and ice um so did you go to thailand like to we just, just to try and find yourself well and then you found this yeah no we just had, it was like a, a few weeks holiday we just went to have a good time um just me and my mate we were just literally no expectations of start finding a business till it was literally used to have a good good laugh with each other it was at the end of um summer exams at uni um so it's like a kind of de-stress moment go to thailand have a great time but yeah then obviously it it, it turned out a bit different to that and we ended up bringing back a business 
So that's so that's that's fascinating that it just came like that, and you literally went into it with no. Did you have any business? No. Um, did you feel like you had a business side to you when you was younger? Maybe like this idea of um, uh, creating something and selling products. Yeah, um, we were both quite. I would say we were both quite entrepreneurial because we liked we. we we both like read a lot of books about entrepreneurialism before we went. Um, I ha- f- part of my family was entrepreneurial. Like my uncle, for example, ran his own business. So I always was quite inspired by him as I was growing up. Um, but no, I didn't like have my 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 dream was to basically become to go to university to become like a mechanic at Formula One or something because I love working with engines, mm. um, the practical side of mechanics, not so much the math side. So that was my dream. So, but yeah, this was. It was completely random. I've had no experience with food, never ran a business. Um, so it was completely random. Well, this is great because you're going to be of so much value in terms of if, if someone has a business idea mm. now, like for you, what was that step then? So mm. you started the next day. So the first step is... Yeah, well, well yeah, the first step is, you know, <laughs> yeah. um, we, we just saw this idea and it was so, it triggered something in our brains because it was like, it, it created such a buzz like people were just like we looked at people's faces watching this thing and they were just amazed and then it like triggered something in us and we were like this this neat this sort of thing needs to be in the uk like ice cream so boring like like you know we've had mr whippy we had scooped ice cream for so long like this is like the next level of ice cream like it's an actual experience so then we knew straight away this idea could work um we didn't even think about it for too long we were like this will work um and but I think the biggest thing that we like we just didn't think about it too much. We just kind of did it. Uh, it's literally happened in a few hours. I had literally made a decision that this was going to be my future. Um, and I took the confidence to drop out of uni the next day. My business partner he he carried on going because he only had a, a year left at uni. I had another two years left. So yeah, it was just about just trusting yourself not thinking about it too much. If you go ask loads of people about it, they're probably going to say, no, it's a bad idea. They're going to point out the negatives all the time. Yeah, so, what was your family like? And I guess were yeah, they were being an entrepreneur, did yeah. he kind of get it? Well, my family, yeah, they were, um, I think they didn't think too much into it at first. My my mom and stuff, they knew I wasn't enjoying uni, the academic side, because I'm always, I get bored very easily. So I, got, I was getting very bored of the academic side of uni. Like it was a very intense course. So I wasn't enjoying that side. Um, so she knew that uni probably wasn't the best for me and I couldn't, I wasn't gonna be able to last the whole time. But she didn't think much about this ice cream idea. She thought it was a bit more of a joke. Like, yeah, sounds cool. Um, I don't think anyone really knew that I was really serious about it. Until um, maybe they saw it. Yeah. Did well, you show them product and then it well, the first, changed for them. Yeah, I think the first time they knew it was serious was the first event they saw saw us at. So we brought it back. We Our first event was in September. So we brought it back from Thailand. They, we found the idea in June. And then it took us a few months to get everything ready, get the machines and equipment. Then our first event was in September. And it was in... um. Actually, it was our second event. The first event was in this little country horse show fair in the middle of the countryside. Then our second event was at Tower Bridge of London. And um, I invited, like, we invited our parents down to come see it. Um, And it was crazy. Like, we were literally outside the Tower Bridge of London at the best site and the biggest queues. And I think it was at that point everyone knew, like, this is is quite cool. They've created something here. Um, And, like, our branding was cool. We had the biggest audiences. I think we got into the Snapchat, like, London story. 
um, like two two boys like making ice cream. We had the biggest queue. I couldn't even describe it to you. Um, and then yeah, from that moment onwards, they were like, "Wow, this is you know you've got you've potentially got something here." Yeah, it sounds like you kind of had to do all that yourself as well. Like you mentioned the branding side of it. Mm. Did you have to research how to brand your business or learn how to market yourselves? Or- um, so yeah, we we so the first thing we did, we got a logo created. Um, so the logo started, we started doing our sketches of a logo on the way on the flight back. I've still got my old notepad. Like it was like this Thai notepad that I bought from a 7-Eleven store. The night before our flight, we just bought this notepad and started doing sketches. Our first logo design was hilarious. It was like, one of them was like a flying cow, <laughs> like <laughs> holding the two ice cream spatulas. Um, like we had some crazy logo designs, but then a friend of mine is a, a graphic designer and we kind of just like described to him sort of the product, um, you know, our personalities, like we, we, we wanted it pink and blue just because we thought they were cool colors. And then he just created this, um, logo, this, the logo that we still use today. Um, and, and we just went with it. We didn't really, again, we didn't spend time trying to perfect anything because that's what a lot of people do. They always try perfect everything. It takes so long to start because you're never going to get anything perfect. I guess it's quite scary though, isn't it? Kind of mm. taking that. It gives you a bit of an excuse, doesn't it? When yeah. you're like, I'm not ready. I'm just, it's not yeah, ready yet. Exactly. It's not ready. But in the first one that you guys, even the, um, in the countryside, the one that you did, yeah. did you, did you really know what you was doing? No, our first, so we, we said, <laughs> So for the first event, the, the machines actually arrived from China, the ice pans. Um, they arrived from China the day before our first ever event. So that we picked them up from the port. I think it was in Portsmouth or something. Then we drove them back to our warehouse and we had to learn how to make the ice cream through the night because our next event was the following morning. So me and, me and my next business partner, we, we literally stayed up all night just learning how to make these ice creams. We didn't have a clue because we, we just had to learn from YouTube videos. Like we had no one to train us. So... Like if you look back at the videos now, it is just awful how bad we were. Like it was just a mess. So then, yeah, we we managed to like sort of learn how to make them. And the next day we drove to this, it was called Arlesford County Fair. Um, And we set up our tent and stuff. And then like once we had set up, a first customer came and we had a coffee machine. So my dad owns a coffee company. So we had one of his coffee machines and they asked for a coffee. (laughs) They asked for like a black Americana or something and we just had no idea what it was <laughs> we just literally did not have a clue what it was so like we looked at each other going what what's that like how do we make this I thought like, I thought it was like tea coffee and that was it or hot chocolate yeah. like and we just didn't have a clue and it was weird like the sensation of someone giving us money for something and then we like passing over but we literally didn't have a clue we just we just kind of yeah just went in with it you know confidence and like made mistakes and then learned from them that's how we grew really no support we no none of our family were in the food business um it was all just off our own back right so you went straight into like as uh, as in making them mm. on a stand and stuff mm. and then you mentioned the one at tower tower bridge yeah um that was the that was the following day so we the osford county show was on the saturday i think and then the the tower bridge event was on the Sunday. So we didn't really sleep we went from one Straight to the other. <laughs> yeah. So you kind of now have this buzz around it, I guess. Yeah. And you start to get the support from your family. Yes. Yeah. So like you've mentioned, you kind of have to make that jump and just mm. do it even when you're not ready. Mm. Then you're kind of like thankful you did it because now you're getting some love from people mm. you care about. Uh, and then you kind of take it to, is that when you go to Westfields? And, and so, so for that first so we had, because we started in September, we only had a few weeks left of the summer period. So we did those two events, the Arsford and the Tower Bridge event. Then we did some other events following weekends in September. 
And then through winter, obviously, naturally, it got a bit quieter because it got colder. So that that's, that's the time we took to sort of like plan the business a bit better because we kind of went straight into it from Thailand. We didn't have any time to actually think about it. So then we took that winter period to like plan, you know, what was our what was our branding? What was like, what do we want to get out of this? Um, we also started looking at what events we wanted to do the following summer. So yeah, and then the fo- it, it, that winter went flew by. Um, and then the following summer, we um, we sort of ramped it up a bit. We, we'd started doing festivals, um, which was like crazy. So we we did things like Reading Festival, uh, Park Life, Wildlife. We did a lot of festivals. Um, because again, the fest normally it's really hard to get into festivals because our product was so unique. Um, and also we had at this point, you know, everyone had seen it on social media and there was a massive buzz around it on social media, media, but no one had ever tried it. The festivals were all like, yes, like, can you come to our festival? And it was really easy for us to get in. So we literally said yes to every festival. And it, like, again, we, we didn't sleep for the fun. Summer 2016 was just crazy. We just like two boys just traveling around in a white van just setting up from festival to festival. But it was it was crazy. Like, we were so, so busy. We had to, like, get all our mates in. My brother had to help me. Like, it was just hilarious. But um, that's brilliant. We, you know, we earned a lot of cash um, that we put straight back into the business. We never took a salary. Yeah, what are some of, like, the meticulous things that you have to learn? Like, even, yeah. reg- did you register, did you know how to do a limited oh, company? Or you, yes. You know? Oh, well, when we first started, my dad's, accountant sort of helped us set the, okay. the you know the company up um but you know there was like you had to like get a food traders license things like this which see we've never had a clue about like you know you had to like comply with all the regulations um so there was a lot of that side that we found out whilst sort of doing the job um that you know you've got to get this certain certification and we're like oh okay <laughs> we'll get that now then um but yeah again like we just we were both so eager at the start. We we just didn't, we just got carried, we were not carried away. We were just, we didn't really care about that side of it. We just kind of went along with the flow and, you know. Is that what we, you'd recommend as well, really, do you reckon? Uh, yeah, I think so there's... so many people that got yeah. ideas and that part's kind of scary there. I think, I think there's a balance. Um, I think, yeah, I, I see a lot of people today with these amazing ideas, but the thing is they, they, don't, they never start them because they go around, they, they take too many too many people's advice literally um and they never they, they're always trying to set up this perfect opportunity in their minds to start but that will never ever come there's never going to be a perfect opportunity i mean if there is you're not doing something very good because it's too safe um you, you you've got to you've got to accept that it's going to be hard and you're going to make failures but you've just got to get going because the quicker you can start making those failures the quicker you can learn from them and move forward and progress like we would not be where we are today if it wasn't for the failures we went through um, like I literally love making mistakes um, because if I'm not making mistakes, I'm being too safe and I'm not growing. Um, so you've got to be prepared to make mistakes and not see them, but see them positively in a way, um, see them as like building blocks to success. No, definitely. And 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 then when you go on and keep growing, and then you're in Westfield, mm. and you know it's a great spot for mm. in in London. And yeah, having to sell to a, a new clientele, I guess. Mm. And what was that like? Was that daily or weekly there? Was the food truck there? Yeah. So um, so we sat up in Bristol first with our little bubba truck. It was like a little Citroen converted Citroen van that was in Bristol first, and then um, from there uh, we were we did an event in London, and the one of the top guys in, uh, in Westfields saw us at this event 
and what and took one of our business cards at this event called Taste of London and, and took it back to the team. And then the following week, we got a call from Westfields going, guys, can you bring your uh, truck that's in Bristol? Can you bring it to Westfield Stratford? Because um, we got we've got a great spot for you. Um, you know, it was, it was a bit like crazy for us. We were like, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, we'll bring it to London. <laughs> Don't worry. Um, so literally, boom, that was it. We took our truck from Bristol and took it straight to Westfield Stratford for, I can't remember what the first, I think it was summer 2017 um, or 18. We took it there um, and that was our first presence in London. Like Pan and Ice had landed in London because at that point we had done a lot. We'd we'd only been doing really events around London. We never had a fixed premises, but what the events enabled us to do was to get a name for ourselves. So people did know about Pan and Ice, um, but we just didn't have that. We didn't have a permanent location. So this truck was the change of that. And as soon as we sort of um, you know got to London, you know word got out. Um, we you know we had lots of press articles. You know come down, check us out do write-ups on us and yeah and very quickly um we were we we were, we were absolutely swamped in Russell Stratford it was amazing we did like we had, it was just me running the truck because I didn't I didn't have any expectation of how busy we were I was judging it by Bristol which was pretty dead like we in Bristol you know we'd have some days we would make no money literally I'd just right. be I'd just be standing in the truck on you know it's pretty cold I'd just be making no money so I was I wasn't, I was kind of worried, you know, is, is London going to be the same? But no, it was not. Um, literally it was, it was crazy. The queues, I, I think I stayed open to like 1am most nights just to like deal with, just to keep going. I was running in pure adrenaline. I could not say no to any customers. So right, yeah, yeah. I was just there on my own, just like making ice cream. And I was FaceTiming my business partner. He wasn't there at the time. Like, like, look, we're so busy. And I was just loving it. Even though I was like exhausted, I was just like, I was absolutely loving it. Cause it was just, yeah, it was just, it was a big moment like to see that like, people were like traveling to come see us. Um, so did you think like a big part of your success has been the the word of mouth and the spread of the brand? Yeah. Um, so who was it you that came up with the Instagram and uh, the more social side of things and how can someone use that for their own business to really? Yeah. Um, so when we, cause we were the first to bring it back pretty much to Europe. Um, we it was a really we were quite lucky with the timing of that because back then as I said it it was such a new thing and people on social media love love anything new and creative and innovative so we just kind of yeah like there was we did one video um and it, it just went viral but because no one had ever seen it like it was so amazing like and interesting I think it, it is a big timing thing. I think we were very lucky with that. I think if we were to start it now with people already knowing about the product, it would be much harder to grow that social media following. But back then, because no one knew about it, it went we went viral very quickly. Um, so yeah, I mean, I think there's a big, there is a, a luck element in that. Well, not necessarily luck. We still developed a cool product and brand, but it's about the timing. Um, try social media. People on social media are so... They have they have such a short attention span now because they're always you know they're bombarded with new cool stuff. You've got to you if you don't if you're not new and cool you, then they, they're just going to flick past you. They're not going to care. So we luckily had something really cool, really fun, unique, um, and people loved it. And our social media grew very quickly. And that I think the social media aspect was one of the biggest parts of our early success. Um, it was a free marketing platform for us for us to literally con you know show our brand to thousands hundreds of thousands of people um because you know it didn't 
back in a few years ago, we literally, it, it didn't take as long to get up to like 300,000 followers on Instagram. Wow. So we had so, so many followers, which was unheard of, like in the food industry. Um, you know, we had more followers than any big restaurant chain. Um, and it was just unheard of, but it's because we were just so wacky and fun and like just two young guys just having a good time, really. People just caught on with it. Mm. And that in turn, you know, just made our store, like made our, wherever we were activated so much busier. Well, how do you deal with that amount of customers then? Because it's not yeah. exactly like, we go on to how you're innovating right now, mm. but it's not exactly like you can just sell bulk orders of this because yeah. you have to be at the place. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, I mean, queues were something that, I've always, because the product takes a bit of time to make, it takes, you know, depending on who's making it, it can take a few minutes. Um, it it was always a bit of an issue. Um, we had, we did have sometimes, I remember in Wessel Stratford with the truck, you know, I, I believe it was like an hour and a half wait on some, you know, Saturdays. It was, it was crazy long, like, because we'd only have like me and some, one of my mates like working on the pans. And we could only churn out like two ice creams every like three minutes. So it was it was sometimes crazy cues, but people were willing to wait because they wanted An to try hour it. And a half. Yeah, it was it was crazy. I had some people come around the back of the truck, like saying, like, mate, can I give you 20 quid? And we're like, <laughs> make it can I jump the cue? Did you? No, no, no. Maybe one time <laughs> actually. <laughs> um, but yeah, it was it was crazy. And I think we we very quickly learned that in order to deal with the cues, you just basically need more pans, more of the metal plates that get cold. Um, so now, you know, in our Westwood store in Westwood London, we've got we've got six pans, so we deal with it quite well. But what we've learned is a queue is really important. So we, it's kind of a balance. You want you want a big queue. You don't want it to look empty. So we do try keep a balance, a good balance between a queue, but not also being ridiculously too yeah. long. Like an hour and a half wait is we would never want that now. It's like a nightclub. Yeah. <laughs> you know it's empty. Yeah. You still get suckered into yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. At least you'll get it. we're getting a good result with you. Do that you know is I mean? it. Yeah. <laughs> um, but you mentioned kind of like in the now. So uh, with obviously everything that's going on in COVID, mm. like how for a business like yours, which is all about people yeah. and cues, which is at the moment is the complete opposite. Opposite, yeah. What able is that like mentally for you? Uh, yeah. your livelihood. And then how did you go on and innovate? Yeah, so um, prior to the COVID lockdown, we had our two, our, the main part of the business was events and retail. So retail was things like our, you know, our shops in like Westfields and Selfridges. And then we had the events business, which was, um, you know, comp large corporate companies would book us out or we'd go to birthday parties, weddings. Um, and then obviously, so that they were our two main businesses. And then lockdown came along, um, events straight away out the window and then closely followed by retail. So very quickly, my business had been going from, you know, sky high, like it was great, to absolute like rock bottom, like zero, zero revenue, completely zero revenue. Um, so it was kind of like, it was scary. It was like, I'd never experienced something like it before. Um, it was like- Because did you have stuff to pay for during that Yeah, period, of course. Right? Like you have like, you know, you have your rents, you, you know, there's so many things to pay for, even, staffing costs before the furlough scheme was announced you know all of all of that there was just you know there's huge burdens over my head um so but luckily you know the government did step in and help a lot which i'm very grateful for but then you know i was thinking you know how am i going to change this business to suit the future because you know i don't know how long this lockdown is going to last i don't know what's going to happen with coronavirus like what i need to, i need to do something like i'm I'm the only person that's going to keep this business going forward. Um, so 
yeah, we, I, um, basically over lockdown, I spent all my time pretty much working on this. Um, at, you know, how do I get panelized in people's homes? Um, so we developed a, um, this at home kit, um, which is basically a, a, a kit that you can buy and it's a, it's a, it's a metal plate that you put in your freezer and you can pour our ice cream mix on and it will make that you can create a pan and ice at your own home very easily. It's sent in the post. Um, so yeah, we, I spent pretty much all lockdown, like designing the packaging, actually designing the kit because there's already these kits available online, but I tried them all other companies, other you know, knockoff companies were doing them and they were, they didn't work. They didn't work properly. So I, I wasn't willing to get, you know, something substandard. Um, I wanted to create my own. So I literally had to reach out to loads of different suppliers and like perfect this kit. And finally I did it. Um, and it launched a few, a couple months ago. Now it was unfortunately it launched just coming out of the initial lockdown, which is annoying. Cause obviously it was, if it was there at the start of the first lockdown, we would have done so well, but yeah, that's how I've innovated. I've developed this at home kit and it, it's doing really well now. Um, and obviously should there be another lockdown now, at least I have something like that to back up, fall up on. Um, but one of the biggest bits of advice I give is don't, you know, always expect the unexpected. Don't focus on one revenue stream. Uh, luckily we've got three, we've got events, retail, um, and now this at home part of the business. So, you know, at the moment it's just, uh, retail and at home bringing money events is completely out the window for the time being. But that's what it's just really important for anyone starting a business or even, you know, have a business, just create another revenue stream. Don't rely on one thing because this has just told you like you, it can really badly yeah. damage you if you like, I know lots of people that have a pure events businesses and unfortunately that there's not much they can do um, because it's out of their control and they don't have anywhere else they can make their money. So luckily with us, we've got you now three things. Um, yeah. Well, it's like in my world, proof. you've got, DJs that yeah well can't DJ yeah like so and DJing how do you you don't get booked for the same amount Mm. as you would for doing a mix online so yeah can't get that same thing so 100% get what you mean and for you personally as well um another revenue stream consultancy yeah your own side of that yeah so so, yeah obviously I'm my personality is I, I get bored very easily and when I'm bored I just I just don't like it I like being busy um so also in lockdown um, I decided to, you know, open up, obviously I've learned a lot from running a business. So, I, and I always have people coming to me going, you know, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? So I, I started up my own consultancy company, um, called Henry's, Henry's consultancy. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, it's not um, quite name wise, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's there, yeah. I try to be a bit more formal. Um, and then, <laughs> um, so I started up that because, yeah, I had so many people coming to me going, can you help me with this? Can you help me with that? Um, and I thought, you know, I'm not busy at the moment. Well, I'm not that busy. So let's start up a little consultancy business. And that kind of did, it, it ticked over to be fair. And I, I really love helping people. Um, so it was kind of a really nice way to pass time during lockdown and still feel like I was, you know, like helping people and also learning myself. Because when I help people, I also self-educate myself a bit. I keep active, mind active. Um, so that went, yeah, that was bit of fun over the lockdown um it, I'm, I'm i'm back to being quite busy now so it's kind of been pushed aside for now but um yeah it's just my personality i'm always wanting to be busy um i can never sit still as soon as i start sitting still and things go stagnant i get like really bad anxiety and i just right. like what's going on um why aren't i busy 
Yeah, one of the key things as well from, you know, just having this conversation with you that I've picked up was, especially around for a lot of our listeners as well, was mm. you at university and deciding to leave. Yeah. I think uh, going through this lockdown mm. and potentially an, another one when certain areas is already happening, but if you're at university now and you're just like, have I made the right decision or even uh, sixth form or college and not knowing whether mm. you do want to carry on with an apprenticeship or university, mm. how... Did you feel a lot of pressure making your decision? What advice would you give to someone that is just undecided? They don't really know yeah. where to go. Yeah, I mean, I think university is great if you want to, um, you know, be a doctor, be a very precise profession. Um, but I think, unfortunately, what's happened with our culture today is universities become like a safety net and it's become the norm and people just rely on it. You know, it's the next step. They don't, it's a safety net. They don't have to think about the scary step of going into the real world after school or college because they've got university to back up on. The main thing I learned from university is just life skills. And I've also just had a lot of fun there. Um, I, I learned more in the first few days of running my business than I did in the first two years of my whole university um, time. So it's, it's, I wouldn't, don't be so worried about like feeling like you need to go to university like I, I think it's way more important to get out in the real life, get some experience under your belt. Don't even worry about money early on. Just get some real life experiences. Go work for, you know, anyone, um, you know, take risks, um, start up a little company, just get out in the real world and start getting experiences and start making mistakes. If you go out there before university and start getting out in the real world, you, you have a massive head start. Get out there and start getting some hours under your belt learning things in the real life and go to thailand and definitely go definitely go to thailand have a good time that's <laughs> <laughs> no, right henry thank you for your time no worries Cheers, thank mate. you for having me thank you so much for listening to the podcast we appreciate you make sure you subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast and of course follow our social media channels at westfield london and at westfield stratford city on the next one, we are going to be speaking to a CEO, Philip Taylor, a founder of Carbon Theory, one of the top selling medicated skincare ranges in the UK and US. <laughs>